Welcome in, everyone, to the Peach State Tailgate Sports Podcast. I am Kenny Cochran, joined by my co-host, Mr. Jake Hill. Oh, yeah. Man, episode 26. We are one over a quarter to 100. Yep. We're on the way to greatness. 26 episodes, man. It doesn't feel like we've been doing it for that long. No, um, not at all. It feels like, and it's crazy to think that 26 episodes ago, we were talking about the Braves' chances at winning the NL East. We're talking about trade deadline rumors because our first episode was because of the trade deadline. Yeah, trade deadline. Can the Braves win the NL East? Like this, it's crazy to think that that was only twenty five episodes <clears throat> ago. Um, but nonetheless, here we are, man. Um, it is a holiday week. It is Thanksgiving Eve as we record right now. So happy Thanksgiving to all y'all, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls out there listening to the show. Hope y'all are getting ready to get. Get your bellies full of some really, really good home cooking. Watch some, hopefully, really, really good football. And, uh, you know, enjoy a nice, relaxing Thanksgiving with your family and friends. Um, I do know that this episode is going to be a little bit different than usual. But before we hop into it, I want to say thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to check us out on all the socials. If you're on YouTube, check us out on anywhere you get your podcast. Check us out on Twitter. You see it right here between me, me and Mr. Jake right here at Peach State Pod on Twitter. Um, and the same thing if you're on uh, anywhere you get your podcast. Check us out on the YouTube. Hop in here, get a little live action, a little pregame action with us. And uh, let's dive right into this thing. Um, Jake, a little different format today. We're going to be more betting-centric uh, in today's episode, you could say. Uh, a little bit shorter episode as well. We are uh, you know, getting ready to dive into some Thanksgiving festivities. So, um, yeah, a little bit shorter episode. Not as much to talk about either. You know, we talk about... A few things every single week. We talk about our home teams. We talk about what's going on around the world in sports. And this week's kind of dead. Um, I think the Hawks and Canes are both pretty similar. And they haven't been playing the best lately. they kind of just middle of the pack right now. Not much to talk about there. Um, and you talk about the Georgia Bulldogs, man. We're headed into the final game of the year. Rivalry week. Rivalry week if you were born in this century. Um, and we're playing the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. It's not much of a game. There's really not much to talk about on this one, boys. Um, it's going to be a pretty uneventful game, much like we see every single year. So what do you say, Jake? You want to dive into these bets? Yeah, yeah. Let's get into the bets a little bit. And uh, just to touch base on what you were saying, Kenny, um, you're exactly correct. It is it is a lot different format to go around. And the main reason behind that is is because uh, I know it's going to be a busy weekend for everybody, uh, busy next couple days. And Nobody wants to sit down and listen to a, an hour and a half podcast when you're trying to spend time with the family and stuff. So we think we give you a little thirty minute, you know, a thirty minute pod, and it's all going to be about the important stuff. Let's win some money this weekend, something you can do and still enjoy time with the family. You can be sitting on the couch tomorrow on Thanksgiving or today on Thanksgiving. You're listening to us on the podcast, just you know, praying for some bets. And uh, Kenny, I think that brings us to our first little thing we're going to do. We're going to win some money. We're going to win I'll some money. Right, go ahead. Time, time out. out. Time out. Time, time out. Okay. Before we dive into the bets, Jake, in honor of Thanksgiving, I have a question for you. Oh, here we go. What is your goat Thanksgiving side dish? Mm, side dish for Thanksgiving. Okay, so uh, this is a tough one. And maybe this is one that's not so mainstream right here, but I will tell you one that I love to dig into more than almost anything, and that is going to be hash brown casserole. Hash brown casserole is goaded to me, um, one of the best possible foods you could ever have um i do want to mention I'm, I'm on a little bit of a different side than a lot of people i do also enjoy cranberry sauce a good bit but uh 
Hash brown casserole takes cake for me, man. That's that's what I'm gonna roll with. What about you, Kitty? Hash brown casserole is great, and uh, I'm not a cranberry sauce guy. I tried it one time and held back the puke. Um, I'm not a fan of it. I think it's more of a texture and appearance thing to me. I do not like that it's purple. That bothers me. Little slimy. Um, little slimy. Little slimy. Little slimy. It's weird how it comes out of the can. I don't know. But, um, man, I tried and true. I sound like a 10-year-old. I've been seeing a lot of hate about it on social media. Everybody's talking about their Thanksgiving side dishes, and I'm sick and tired mm. of the hate on it. I love mac and cheese. Oh, you can't go wrong with it. I mean, if, if we were doing, like, a draft of, like, the number one stub, mac and cheese would have to be the first overall pick, right? I, yes, I love mac and cheese. And it just so happens that I married Jake's sister. My wife is the mac and cheese maker for Thanksgiving. There you go. So I get to be the taste tester. She's whipped up a little bit new recipe, a little bit different than usual. She tried it the other day. I will say it's got a little bit more soul put into it. Okay, a little bit more soul. I like it. I like it. And I love it. I love it. Well, she cooks a good mac and cheese, so I'm excited to give it a try tomorrow at the family Thanksgiving. It's gonna be, it's gonna be swell. I'm sure of it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's gonna be absolutely electric. All right, Jake, back to the bits. Oh, I, I was gonna call a little timeout right quick too. Uh, one more honorable oh. mention for me. Um, I'm gonna have to go with dressing as well. Dressing is something that you don't oh, really ooh. get. We don't get very often. It's just really like a one time of year thing, but. That one yeah. time of year, boy, it is good. So <laughs> Feed me the dressing. A little bit different. In our family Thanksgiving, we're having like 59 turkeys this yep. year. Um, so I am smoking a turkey for the first time ever. First time I've ever smoked a turkey and first time I've ever brought a turkey to Thanksgiving. So I am a newly renowned grown-up. I have not been a grown-up surviving for myself person for very long. And I have made it. To the status where I bring food to Thanksgiving dinner. I'm still not there yet. I'm just gonna eat all y'all's food y'all bring. So yeah, you'll be you'll be there soon. You'll be there soon. Be there soon, uh, soon enough. <laughs> so whipping up a little turkey, that's gonna be fun. But yes, dressing. You're absolutely right, dude. I love dressing, especially put a little put a little gravy on top of that stuff. Got to got to get a little chicken gravy on there. Ooh, a little yeah, a little ooh, piece ooh. of chicken broken up in it. Yeah, we're we're talking ooh. about some action. Our mouth is watering as we speak. Hey, then you wake up the next day and you have a. Nice juicy ham slash turkey leftover sandwich for breakfast. Yeah, can't beat it. Can't no, beat it. Cannot. I mean, I mean, we're gonna be doing that at like four o'clock in the morning. But I mean, yeah, we'll be Black Friday ham sandwich eating. It's gonna be absolutely electric. Wash it down with a Bud Light at eleven thirty. Thanks. It's gonna be a great time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Enough Thanksgiving talk or Thanksgiving <clears throat> food talk, I should say, because we do have more Thanksgiving talk. And that brings us into the next segment. Um, before we dive into things, I want to mention that last week for your boy was not his best week. I went three and five overall. Um, slower week for me. But ladies and gentlemen, the show has been carried by Jake. Jake, his britches are on fire. Somebody needs to check his butt cheeks Ooh. and put some lotion on them suckers because Ooh. they are red hot right now. This man, Jake, Jake, I will let you tell the people. So, you know. Whopping, whopping seven and one last week. Um, want to mention? I do want to mention. Only loss came from uh, Clemson scoring a garbage time touchdown against Miami with like thirteen seconds left on the clock. If they would have done that, I would have been eight zero. But uh, seven and one, we'll take it all day long. And Kenny, I, I don't want to get too much credit for you know carrying this a podcast type show. Still, if they look at it and they bet every one of our bets, they're still making money in the grand scheme of things. So you know, well, hey, take it week by we- week and we we make it though. 
we can admire your slice of humble pie there, Jake. We can, but nonetheless, you are on an absolute heater, and I commend you for that, sir. And that brings us into a grand total for the boys on the show thus far of 48, 31, and 1. Absolute heater. We are 18 units up at the moment, so keep riding with us. Keep making your money back. Um, I'm going to turn around this week, me personally. Sorry for the slow week, guys. We're going to hop back into this thing. I'm going to get back on my horse, and I'm going to ride out of the stable, and I'm going to absolutely torch it. Ain't no this week, guaranteed. Love to see it, man. And we're really, really wrapping down. This is the last regular season, like the last regular season week of college football, man. We're getting really close to the end of us being able to do these nice, easy, you know, pick format that we have set up right here. But we are kind of mixing things up a little bit this week. Instead of our normal eight picks we're going to give out, we're going to give out a little extra one. And this little extra one right here is going to win you some money. So you can go buy some Christmas for your family on Black Friday, everybody. So make sure you hammer them down. Kenny, that leads me into this. I'm going to ask you, you first. What is your pay for the shopping bet this Thanksgiving? My pay for the shopping bet, or bet, I should say. Thanksgiving Day football. Boys and girls, let's try not to overthink this. No. Every single year, we watch this team play on Thanksgiving. And every single year, this team tugs at our heartstrings, and they just are not very good. It just seems that they just aren't very good, ever. But this season, we have seen a spark in this franchise. We have seen a spark in this organization. And Motor City, Dan Campbell, MCDC, has got the boys buzzing. Boom. Your Detroit Lions. Open up at home against the Buffalo Bills this week as nine and a half point underdogs. This is the twelve thirty kickoff. This is the first game. Everybody's going to be watching it. You're going to just get your first serving of turkey and gravy and dressing and mac and cheese and hash brown casserole. Get your belly full. You're going to be itching to watch some football, and you're going to turn on the Bills Lions game. I will say the Bills dealing with a lot of injuries right now. The Lions have been playing really, really good football. They're coming off a win last week. This team is, I believe, I've got the numbers right here in front of me. They are 6-4 and four against the spread so far this season. Um, the Detroit Lions, man. I like this team. I just said it. They've got some buzz going on right now. MCDC's got the boys going. I think this team is really just playing really, really hard-nosed football right now. And at home... The Thanksgiving Day team every single year. I think this is a perfect scenario for them to cover. I know this Bills team is good. I know they are. Um, but this Lions team just has the knack for scratching and clawing their way back into games against a team in the Bills that will give you one. They'll give you a couple turnovers. Um, so if there's a game that's primed, I think, to cover the 9.5-point spread, it's this one. So I'm taking the Lions. I like it, man. And I'm, I'm going to kind of follow suit with you right here, too. And uh, this is going to be one where we're both taking big-time underdogs on Thanksgiving. And the route I'm going to take, I'm going to take the New York Giants plus 10 at Dallas. Now, Dallas is coming off a huge win last week against Minnesota. Honestly, looked like they looked like the best team in the NFL last week whenever they played Minnesota. It, it, it was not even a matchup, honestly. Like, that game was a blowout from the start. And the Giants are coming off a, a tough loss against your, you know, Motor, Motor City Dan Campbell Lions right there. Um, but man, that's a big line. That is a big line. And the Giants have played good football this year. I don't really know how I feel about the 10 points going Dallas's way. And, you know, you look back on Thanksgiving day, Dallas has not been very good covering the spread. I want to say there are one in 10 in their last 11 on Thanksgiving day ATS. So I love the Giants. Um, also, uh, Demarcus Lawrence and, um, Michael Parsons are both questionable. So. 
if neither, if if even one of those guys don't play, that you see a lot of odds shake up right there because you know we know Danny Dimes. We kind of know his issues is you know getting hit and fumbling the ball. And you know one thing about Dallas, they have two guys that can get back to the quarterback and make that happen. But if, if Giants can get a little bit of help right there and uh, these guys don't play or one of them doesn't play, it, it could be really really big for the Giants. So I love the Giants plus ten. Let's let's win some money and let's pay for some shopping. I love it. I love that. Um, I like the giant te- Giants team a lot. And if you are watching this show in a state that allows mobile sports betting and you can uh, bet on FanDuel, I want to mention that the um, it's called the Fan- FanDuel Family Super Boost. And I am looking at it, just looking at the thumbnail, I believe this is Darius Butler, Kay Adams, A.J. Hawk, and Pat McAfee. If you're a fan of the Pat McAfee show, they always get the boost on FanDuel. Um the boost this week for them is the Bills to win outright and Daniel Jones to rush for over 25 rushing yards. And that uh, Giants-Cowboys game you just mentioned boosted from minus 140 to plus 150. Um, unfortunately, Jake and I do not live in a state where we can bet on FanDuel. Uh, but if we did, I really, really like that. So y'all try, try and hop on that if you can. Yeah, that, that's that's almost a lock if you can ever ask for one right there. Um, I, I, I do love that bet, and I wish I could put a favorable wager on that. Yeah, me as well. Um, and one more thing before we get off the Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving Day games. Um, looking at the bet totals here, um, the three games for Thanksgiving Day, the one we didn't mention is the Patriots at the Vikings. Uh, Vikings opened up as a two-and-a-half-point favorite here. That is the most heavily one-sided game of the Thanksgiving Day with 77% of the money on the Vikings and 79% of the bets on the Vikings. But the two games that Jake and I mentioned, we both taken the dogs. Um, very, very even right here. So if you're a fade the public guy, this is a game that you can kind of go into with a little bit of more of an open perspective and don't really have to lean one way or the other. And uh, uh, it makes me feel a little bit better when I'm uh, placing a bet in these games because uh, it's split a little bit more 50-50. You see 55 to 55% in the Bills-Lions game and 51 to 58% in the Giants-Cowboys game. Okay, very nice. But All right, let's head into the format, man. Do you want to start NFL or college? College. Let's go, college ball. Jake, I'll let you open it up. Who is your favorite of the week in college football? All right, like I mentioned, last regular season weekend of college football. So we have we have That's some right. pretty, pretty fun matchups, rivalry, rivalry week. So but let's get into it a little bit. And my favorite might not be the most exciting one, but it is a team that is coming off of a huge win last week, I want to say, against Ole Miss. And that is Arkansas. I'm going to go Arkansas minus three at Missouri. Um, Not really a super big fan of that Missouri team. I I got a little high on them for a little bit, and I kind of dropped back off on them. And Arkansas is a team, man, that we looked at, you know, at the start of the year saying this was a team that had a lot of potential to possibly make a run for that SEC West. Did not pan out for them, even though this was this was the year to possibly do it. Uh, but they are still a good football team. We know about K.J. Jefferson. He's a guy. Uh, three points is not enough in this game to me. I agree 100% on this game. I like that a lot. I did not take it, but it is one. It, it made, like, my final two that I was looking at. Um. My favorite of the week in college football, I'm going a little bit more of a, uh, I don't want to say mainstream game, but I guess it kind of is. Uh, I'm taking Oregon minus three and a half at Oregon State. Um, big rivalry game every single year. I know this Oregon team has been disappointing as of late, came off a, a, a kind of a killer loss late in the season to hurt their chances making it into the playoff. I think they're pretty much done at this point. But they're still making a run for that Pac-12, man. Um, they win this game. They're in the Pac-12 championship, I believe, pending whoever makes on the other side is, is who they'll play. Um, 
And three and a half points in this game, I think is uh, – I, I just don't think it's enough points. You're talking about an Oregon team that's number three in the nation in total offense against an Oregon State team that does play solid defense. I think they're top 25 or top 30 in total defense. Um, but nonetheless, man, this Oregon team is really, really good, and if they want to make a push for the Pac-12, they need to win this one, get into the championship game, show everybody what they got. And, you know, Bo Nix, man. Uh, we talk about Bo Nix. He's a bona fide Heisman candidate. Um, you know, I know his odds probably aren't as great right now as they were a couple weeks ago, but if this dude um, is trying to – make a living and earn some money playing in the NFL, he needs to finish out his career strong. That is true. That is true. Uh, I, I do like that a lot. I do think that line is a little bit too close, uh, you know, in Oregon State's favor. I think that Oregon should be able to benefit off that a lot. I do think they're a significantly better football team. Right. Um. All right, well, underdogs. My underdog of the week. Uh, this is one that was a little bit perplexing to me. Jake and I talked about this one a little bit off air. Um. I'm taking Tulane plus one and a half at Cincinnati. Um, these are two ranked teams, 19th ranked uh, Tulane at 21 Cincinnati. Um, both of these teams are solid. And one thing pretty unique about both of these teams is they play a very, very similar style of football. Um, both teams are like dead even in total defense. I think right around that like 25 to 30 mark, they're like neck and neck with each other in total defense. Uh, Tulane does have the edge on the offensive side of the ball. They move the ball a little bit better than Cincinnati does. Um, I think the biggest argument in this game that people are going to make is that Tulane's schedule is not as strong as Cincinnati's. I understand that argument, but it's not like we're talking about an SEC team in Cincinnati. You know, we're not talking about a team that's going out here playing, you know, title championship contenders every single week. This is not what the Cincinnati team is doing, so I don't think you can give them much credit on that side of the ball against Tulane. Because what we've seen from this Tulane team is they can win some notable games. This is a team that beat a top 15 Kansas State team, shut, uh, limited them to 10 points, man, shut them down on the run um, or on the ground. That Kansas State rushing offense is absolutely elite, one of the best in the country, and Tulane came out there and absolutely shut them down. So I don't see any reason to believe that they can't do that to Cincinnati. Um, I'm really, really shocked that they're not favored in this game. I know it's only a point and a half, but, you know, if you're looking at Two lane money line, you can get it minus one hundred five, but minus one twenty plus one and a half. I'll take those odds. Yeah, and two lane's been kind of a team this year that's kind of shocked the world. They've kind of came out of almost nowhere and you know started lighting the world on fire. And uh, I want to say last last week they're coming off a huge win against SMU where they beat them by like forty something points. So yeah, man, this team's riding high right now. And uh, yeah, you you can't really go wrong when you're betting for two lane. So I, I agree with that one hundred percent. So my underdog of the week. And this might be kind of a questionable one for a lot of people out there. It's a lot of points. Um, I'm going to go with Auburn at Alabama plus 22 and a half. I have to do it um, for, for multiple okay. reasons. Um, we've seen Alabama play a lot of close games this year, right? And we have seen this game turn into a pretty funky game, you know, quite often. Talk about what Auburn has going on right now with Cadillac. Dude, I just have a feeling that this game is going to stay semi-competitive for a while. I mean, we saw last week, I know, you know, at the end of the day, it looks like a, a, you know, a lot of points scored, but this Alabama team was a little bit slow against Austin P. Like it was a 34 to nothing win, but I mean, their offense was not really kicking it. And, you know, this Auburn team, even though they might not have the best passing attack in the world, they might not be, you know, lighting the world on fire in any aspect. I do expect them to come out and play this game very, very competitively. This is a game that they're going to get up for. And, uh, you know, even though I'm not sure, Either team has has a whole lot to play for right now. Um, Auburn is playing for a little bit of a bowl eligibility thing going on. Um, this just seems like one of those games that should be a slugfest, and I expect Auburn to show up for it. 
I agree. I think you might even take a little pick at the under in this game. Um, I agree. I think the under in this game is pretty good. You look at how these teams stack up, man, and interestingly enough, Auburn's defense is they play a little bit better than what they look like on paper. Um, on paper, you see that they're they're giving up twenty seven and a half uh, or over twenty seven and a half points per game. But you look at the numbers, man. They're allowing under 400 yards of total offense, only 211 through the air, 172 on the ground. That's their weak point is the rushing defense. The rushing defense is not great. But you look at an Alabama backfield where Trey Sanders just entered the transfer transfer portal. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, who is an absolute stud running back, but he's more of a pass catcher. He's more of a guy that will get you out of the backfield. Um, I know Bryce Young is the guy that can kind of hurt you on his legs, but by no means is he a run-first quarterback. So I agree with you, Jake. I think this game could be a lot closer than people are expecting. Yeah, and another note thing is Gibbs did not play last week. He's also questionable right now. He did practice That's today, so so keep an eye on that. He he might be a guy that could be a you know game time decision. College football is kind of hard to keep up with that fun stuff too because you might think somebody's playing or swear somebody's playing and then they don't show up. Or in that our instance, true. last year whenever we played Alabama and they were like, oh yeah, Brian Robinson's definitely not going to play, and then all of a sudden Brian Robinson trots out on the field first drive. And you're like, what the hell? Yeah, I mean, look at A.D. Mitchell. We've been thinking A.D.'s going to come back for five weeks. Where's A.D. at, man? Somebody find A.D. instantly, please. He's probably just kicking his feet up, getting a little treatment, getting ready for the SEC championship. <clears throat> Dude's about to munch down on some turkey right quick and, you know, be ready for it. That's right. Munch down on some turkey, dive into some duty. He'll be ready to go. <laughs> All, All right. right, who's your over of the week? All right, so this this is a team I bet on last week. I'm going to roll with it this week. Last week, uh, Florida State took on Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, and the over hit. This week, they're taking on the Florida Gators in Florida State. Um, and the over-under set at 57.5. I'm going to cash that over. I think this could be a game that we see a lot of points. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Florida State can put up 35-plus by themselves. So I also expect Florida to give a little bit of help in that aspect. You know, they're a team that can score some points. I, I love that over-number set at 57.5. No, I agree 100% there. I don't have anything to add with that game other than 57 and a half. I, I like the over. Um, my over. I'm taking the over 48 and a half. UGA, Georgia Tech. Okay, okay. Think dogs are um, mother and 55 I, point route them? Yeah, I think we're going to absolutely destroy these boys. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I think it's going to be a short outing for Stetson Bennett. I think Carson Beck comes out there and throws for two touchdowns. Um, I will say this uh, – and they're not good by any means. This Georgia Tech team is abysmal. They're a very, very bad football team. They've got some big wins. Everybody, they're riding high right now. They just beat North Carolina. They think they're on top of the world right now. But uh, they're about to get a reality check. I mean, coming to Athens, it's just a, a really, really bad situation for Georgia Tech. And we're, this is why we're not really talking about this game much this week. There's just not much to talk about. What What do you talk about in this game? Um, we might be a little bit different in our generation to where, like, you know, there are teams that we play that we don't like. Like, I don't like – Auburn, I don't like Tennessee, I don't like Florida, but Georgia Tech, like, I mean, I guess I don't like Georgia Tech, but they've just never been competitive in my lifetime. So, like, I don't have any kind of, like, oh, I can't wait to see this game. We're, we're going to kill these boys. This is the highlight of my year. Like, I just don't really care that we're playing a bottom-tier ACC team. I don't care what state they're from. If we don't beat them by 45 points, it's a failure. Um we should absolutely kill these boys. So, yes, I think there's a possibility that Georgia covers the 48-and-a-half by themselves, especially in the last game of the year. You know how it is, man. When you're getting ready to play in a conference championship game, ready to make a postseason run, you got to get some guys some reps in case of injury, in case of you know just a depth situation. 
And we've seen that with Georgia this year. This Georgia team has been a little bit different than teams in the past where we get up big. We don't really take the foot off the gas like we usually have done. So I think you could see a situation here where it might be a short outing for Stetson and the boys, but you bring Carson Beck in, and this team is still going to move the ball. I don't care if Georgia Tech leaves the ones out there on defense. They're, they're still going to get torched. Yeah, anytime you see Carson in, you have a good bet for the over because he's going to come in and sling the ball. There's no doubt about that. I do like that pick as well, Kenny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, feed me that. Um, my under of the week. Uh, one of my favorite games of the year, every single year, I get excited to watch this one. It's a little bit different this year because the it's very, very one-sided. But I'm taking the under 47.5 LSU-Texas A&M. Um, LSU is a team that they can come out there and score 30 one week and then come out there and score 17 the next week. Uh, they have a really, really good pass rush. The defense is solid. It's not amazing, but, you know, pass rush is their strong suit. And Texas A&M just cannot score any points. Um, I don't know what it is about Texas A&M. They've got the recruits. They've got the players. Uh, big key for me in this game is that Devon A-Chain has been struggling to get back on the field lately. He's missed the past two games. Um, he did practice today, I believe, and Jimbo said that he expects him to play. Also, uh, Evan Stewart, who is one of the best wide receivers in the SEC as a freshman for Texas A&M, absolute freak, has been battling injury bug here lately. Um, Jimbo also said he expects him to play, uh, but I don't know. E even if these guys do play, you got to think they're going to be on somewhat of a pitch count. I mean, it's also the last game of the year for A&M. They are not bowl eligible. They don't have anything to play for. So, um, I, this, I, I, I think this game could potentially be a little bit closer than what people expect. I think it's a – what's the spread in this game? Nine and a half? Yeah, nine and a half is not much, though, when you look at an SEC West champion against a team that has the worst – that could possibly be the only SEC team not to be bowl eligible. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is, it's, it's really not a lot of points. Um. I think that's probably just leaning on the side of this being a pretty competitive matchup every single year. So I don't know. Um, I'm curious to see how this game pans out. I think it could, it, it could be a little bit of a defensive show from both teams. Uh, Texas A&M has a really, really good passing defense, second in the nation. Um, I looked at it before we started this thing, which is kind of crazy to think about. They got some ballers out there, but LSU's not a team that torches you know defenses through the year. Um, Jaden Daniels is an amazing runner, and, and he's really good at throwing the football, too. I'm not discounting him at all, but I just think this game has all the makings for an under. And then I get a number like 47.5. I really, really like that. No, I, I agree. Um, like you mentioned, man, this is one of the most competitive games of the year. It's always a fun one to watch, so def definitely one to keep an eye on. So my under. Okay, so my under of the week for college football, I'm going to go under 51.5. Clemson versus South Carolina. With one key note being, guys, I know South Carolina did what they did to Tennessee. It has to be mentioned at least one time on this podcast. Sorry, Tennessee fans. It has to happen. Um, Spencer Rattler, man, you, you haven't done it all year. You did it against Tennessee. Guess what, bud? I don't think you're going to do it against this Clemson defense at all. I think that Clemson is going to be pretty one-sided on this game. And, uh... 51.5 points is a lot of points whenever one team has a top-tier defense. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm banking on right here. So, And especially whenever that one team with a top-tier defense, this is not like Georgia where they have, you know, a super high, you know, profile offense. Clemson's offense is decent, but they're not, you know, something to write home about. So I, I could see this game definitely sticking under that 51.5. Yeah, I love this one. This was an auto-take for me. I'll be on it. I didn't give it out as an official pick, but I really, really like this. <clears throat> Beautiful. We'd love to see that. All agreements right there. You know, it sounds like 8-0 so far to me. Um, yeah, what, for what, sure. Actually, 10-0. Uh, 10-0. We, we can't forget our Thanksgiving picks. 
That's right. Yeah, go ahead and lock it in. Yeah, ten and zero so far. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll move on to the pros, move on to the men's league, and get this thing wrapped up, and uh, you know, move on with a beautiful eighteen and zero week. Let's go. All right, the men's league. Let's dive into it. I'll kick things off here. Um, my favorite of the week in the NFL. Um, no brainer for me. I see this line. Um, I know this team is not very good. They've been very disappointing this year. But um, you look at the situation here. No doubt, I'm taking it. I'm taking the Denver Broncos minus two and a half at Carolina against the Panthers. Um, PJ Walker comes in, plays some good football in relief of Baker Mayfield, who went down with an injury. PJ Walker gets injured. Baker gets a starting job back. Baker goes in there, plays a bad game last week. Baker gets benched this week. Sam Darnold comes back. Um, uh, let me tell you guys something right here. Baker Mayfield, I love him. I think Baker Mayfield is an electrifying person and an electrifying character, electrifying player. One of the best college football players I've ever seen. One of the best college quarterbacks I've ever seen. Um, he showed some really, really good promise in the NFL, and it's starting to get to the point now to where, Baker, like your your time is limited, buddy. Yeah. Um, but let me, w- with that being said, if y'all think Baker Mayfield – is bad at football. Wait till you see Sam Darnold strap it up. Sam Darnold is undoubtedly a worse football player than Baker Mayfield. And what he does differently than Baker Mayfield is he's a little bit more willing to let that thing ride. Mm-hmm. In an offense for, with this Carolina Panthers team that is not particularly loaded on any front of the offensive side of the ball, like, their biggest threat is DJ Moore, and I know DJ Moore is a great player. I'm not discounting him at all, but you're talking about a Denver Broncos defense that is very, very good. Uh, they do a great job at limiting the pass. You got Pat Sertain out there absolutely balling this season. Um, this has all the makings for a Denver Broncos win, and you give me a two-and-a-half against a Sam Darnold-led team, not to mention a first game of the year for Sam Darnold. Dude, no question at all I'm riding the Broncos. Let's ride. I never thought I would hear the day that I would, you know, I never thought I'd see the day that I would say that a team is missing P.J. Walker. Yeah. But this Carolina team is really missing P.J. Walker after last week. I guarantee you P.J. Walker comes out and plays against Baltimore. They are scoring more than three points. We've seen it happen, you know, week after week with P.J. He might not be the, the flashiest thing on the planet. He might not be the best quarterback on the planet. But he's going to get you some points. He has a, somewhat of a model of consistency to him that he's going to produce at some level. Last week with Baker, we really didn't see that. And like you mentioned with Sam Darnold, we're definitely not going to see it, especially no. against especially against a better defense with the Denver Broncos. You mentioned with Patrick Sertain. Dude might be the best cornerback in football this season. If they, you know, go if they shadow him on DJ Moore, what what is Carolina gonna do? I do like Deontay Foreman a lot, but we mentioned it with this with this uh defense with Denver. Man, this defense just every single week does not limit many like they do not allow many points. So a Carolina team that's coming off a three-point, you know, loss. They had three. They scored three points against Baltimore last week, and now they're making a quarterback change to a worse quarterback. Uh, yeah, this is this is gonna be a rough, rough, rough weekend for uh Carolina. And you know, Denver's offense it isn't anything crazy, but I mean, Carolina's defense is not all that great. So I mean, this, this Denver offense, they we could see them put up you know twenty plus in this game and just you know walk home with the victory. So I, I do like that pick a lot, Kenny. Yeah, and people are are kind of down on Pat Sertain right now from last week. Boys, Pat, Patrick Sertain was man up on probably the best wide receiver in the NFL last week. Cut my man some slack. 
<laughs> do not write this guy off. Patrick Sertain is an absolute dog. You're not. I, I don't care who you are. You're not doing anything with Devontae Adams. It's, mm. You just can't. You can't do it. He's a full package. He does everything. <clears throat> he is an absolute incredible player. Um, so uh, you, you talk about a a week like this against a matchup with DJ Moore and, and those Panthers receivers across the board. I mean, dude's probably going to eat on th- uh, Thanksgiving week. Just wait until we see a sauce. Uh, a Sauce Devonte Adams matchup, then we'll be able to say that for sure. Because I think I think right now Sauce is the best cornerback in football as a rookie, yes. which is kind of intense. But you know, Patrick Sertain, a second year guy, I want to say um, out of Alabama. These young cats are coming up and they're playing ball. It's kind of kind of weird to think that we're seeing guys like Jalen Ramsey kind of fall off. But then you know, you think about the old guys. Patrick Peterson's kind of having a you know career renaissance right now with, with Minnesota. So it yep. kind of goes both ways a little bit. Um, and that kind of leads me. It doesn't really lead me anywhere, but that takes me to my favorite of the week. And that is the Chargers minus three at uh, Arizona. And, you know, Arizona is getting Kyler back this week, which is going to be a big, big thing for them. You know, they've been playing with Colt McCoy. And uh, no no disrespect to Colt, but that, that's quite a downgrade. Uh, he did look good against the Rams when they played him two weeks ago. But last week against San Francisco, he was just totally outmatched. Um, but I still don't like this Cardinals team. And the main reason behind that is because they don't play defense. And this Chargers team, you know, they, they, they've played so-so ball this year they've kind of been a little bit disappointing but i do think they're a better football team all the way around and uh you know call of duty's out right now kyler hasn't played since warzone <laughs> came out and uh his first game back since warzone came out it's probably not going to go so well because we know how kyler is no i i like that a lot um and one thing about this game too is the chargers played a really really good football game against the chiefs last week mm-hmm. um and you can't discount them for that at all. They did come away with the loss. I mean, I- anytime you give Patrick Mahomes the football with any time on the clock, he's probably going to get them in a scoring position. Um, and and you, you you just can't you can't say enough about that Chiefs team, man. They're probably the best football team in the NFL right now, in my opinion. You talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, you can make an argument for for the Bills, even though you know they they haven't been playing great lately. Uh, you can make an argument for the Vikings, maybe the Cowboys, whatever you want to do. But I, I don't, there's just not a team in the NFL that I would put against the Chiefs and and pick them to win right now. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you 100. percent This is a team that has played you know quite a few teams close so far this year. Just you know haven't really you know hit the hit the nail on the head. Um, but I, I do think this is a prime time matchup for the Chargers to kind of get right. Yeah, and you get Keenan Allen back last week, uh, first game back in a while. Um, hopefully he's he's healthy. He can roll into this one. Uh, you know, top ten receiver in the NFL. Definitely, for sure. Whenever, um, whenever he's healthy. Well, why don't you go ahead and give us your dog, Jake? Dog of the week. Um, I talked down on him last week. I was a little, I was feeling a little bit down. But we're back on the hype train, boys. We just beat the Chicago Bears. Um, so that leads me to this: the Falcons plus four at Washington, guys. I would understand a plus one. I would understand maybe even a plus two. Maybe even a plus two and a half. Plus four, that's way too many points right here, guys. Once it gets over that field goal margin, I start to like it. Um, One thing I do want to note is this Washington team is very, very, very good at stopping the run. I want to say they have the second-best run defense in football, which does not match up very well against the Falcons. But I will say this. The number one run defense in football is the San Francisco 49ers, and whenever we played them this year, we ran the ball all over them. So just because your run defense ranks well does not mean you're going to match up well against this Atlanta Falcons team. Kyle Pitts going on the IR is a somewhat is definitely negative in the passing game. Whenever you can get a guy like Parker Hesse on the field more often, on more plays, uh, you know, more superior blocker, it, it's definitely going to make an impact in that run game in a positive way. So um, I look at this game really, really big. I do think people are kind of riding that Washington, you know, hype train a little bit much right now. I know they are on quite a heater since, you know, 
Taylor Heineke, Taylor Zinn Heineke is is their quarterback. But yeah. dude, he's nothing special, guys. If if we can just some if we can just limit this run game a little bit, Heineke's not gonna go out there or blow the doors off of you. Um so I definitely expect this game to be close and you know, I, I don't see it being anything more than three points. No, I, I love that. Um I talked talked about matching up teams against the Chiefs and not picking them to win. Uh, that was with one caveat, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I w- they would beat the Chiefs if they played head up. That's the only team in the NFL that would, in my opinion. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Just the run game, man. You can't stop the run. Yeah, you can't stop many things. Falcons team, uh, we talked about it last week, how season's over. It was a good run. Uh, we're back in it. Uh, we're winning the Super Bowl. Also, shout out to CPAT for most all-time kickoff return touchdowns. Good for him. Man. Yeah, good for him, man. Absolute stud. Dude's making a Hall of Fame case. He's making a Devin Hester uh, run at this thing. Yeah, pleasure pleasure to have him on the team. All the all the good stuff he said about Atlanta, you know, the first team to really give him a shot on an offense to actually, you know, make noise, and he's taking full advantage of it, and he's still doing what he is famous for, you know, returning kicks. So, you know, beautiful thing. You don't see too many starting running backs in the league also, you know, dual as kick returners. No, you do not. And with that being said, Jake, you perfectly carried me into my under of the week or my underdog of the week. Excuse me. Um, you talk about the Falcons, big win last week. I am on the Chicago Bears plus six against the Jets in New York, in New Jersey, whatever. Um, this is a no-brainer for me. I know the Jets are really, really good on the record side of things. They've been playing really good football. Defense is looking good. Offense has been looking, you know, so-so, whatever. Um, I know Zach Wilson has not been great this season, but anytime you pull your starter in a playoff contending team, it can change things. And you put in a guy like Mike White against this Bears team. We mentioned the Bears last week headed into that Falcons game, man. Justin Fields has found his game the past four weeks. Absolutely gone off. This team has scored 29, 32, 30, and 24 in the past four weeks with Justin Fields absolutely torching every single defense he's faced, and they went 0 for 4 in those four games. At some point, they're going to turn it around, and I just don't see a reason to believe they're not going to do it against a backup quarterback in New York against the Jets. Maybe it might be kind of a questionable thing to say, but I do not think the Jets are a good football team. One... No. One bit of the imagination. I think they are still a bad football team. You talk about their starting running back, Brees Hall, going down with injury out for the season. Now they're off from Zach Wilson on to Mike White. Honestly, the quarterback in this on this team that gives you the best chance to win football games is a guy we have not seen play since like week three. And the only reason he was playing because Zach Wilson almost tore his knee and it happened. That's Joe Flacco, in my personal opinion. I think if you if you want a quarterback to go out there and you know put up points and give you the best chance to win, that's probably Joe Flacco. But Dude, Mike Wright, this is the same situation with Carolina. You think Zach Wilson is bad? Mike Wright is abysmal at football. Um, and, you know, Zach Wilson kind of got what he deserved. Uh, you know, whenever you're a guy that has more interceptions and touchdown passes on a season and you score, what was it, three points last week? Uh, three yeah, points against New England? Score touchdown. And, you know, reporters come out and ask you if you have any type of blame to that. You know, do you feel bad for the defense or, you know, anything like that? Your only answer is no. Um, You kind of get what's coming to you a little bit right yeah. there. And I've seen a lot of Heineke and, uh, you know, Heineke and Zach Wilson things because their numbers are very, very similar on the season, Taylor Heineke and Zach Wilson. And uh, the difference is that Washington wants to win behind Taylor Heineke. That is a guy they can rally behind, and they do whatever they can to protect him. And, you know, you've seen the videos on the plane of him drinking the bush lights, having all the gold chains around. They love the guy. I don't know if it's the same environment with the Jets as Zach Wilson because an answer like that in a press conference, I guarantee you all those defenders are like, come on, dude. Like, 
you just put up three points. We played a hell of a game against, you know, the Patriots, only allowing, a, what, a game-winning punt return touchdown? Like, come on, guy. Like, you you got to be a little bit smarter than that. And, you know, I know they're saying that this is not the last time we see them in a Jets uniform, but if you get benched, you know, it's in your second year, you know, questions start opening. Like, like you know, things start happening at this point. Like, I guarantee the Jets in a loaded quarterback class next year, whenever your options don't look very great, they might start looking that way. So, you know, we might be seeing Zach Wilson on the move at some point. I'm going to go ahead and say it now. Because, you know, you look at the pass in the NFL, whenever you lose that job one time, it's hard to get back in there and keep that thing secure. Yeah, man, it's such a weird dynamic out there in the Jets team right now. Anytime you're, you know, <laughs> Wise and record wise, right now you're you have a legitimate shot at making the playoffs, and you bench your starter for any reason. Things just get a little hairy, and then to come out there and say that um, he just needs to figure some things out. This isn't his last time playing for the Jets. Like, if you're gonna bench him, and then come out and say, "Oh, well, we're benching him," but you know, this isn't this isn't it for him. He's good. He just needs to, you know, we're sending him down to AAA for a little bit to get his game right. Like, it, it would be different if you're a two win team, but you have a legitimate shot at making the playoffs right now. So it's just a weird dynamic, and no, I, this is it was an auto take for me. I'm taking the Bears plus six, no doubt. It makes you feel like it makes you feel like that they don't feel he's the best chance they have to win football games because if they, if they did feel he was the best chance to win football games, he would still be their starting quarterback. So now they have to explore right. alternative routes. And hell, if Mike White comes out and plays bad. Who knows? They might bench him and put Joe Flacco in the game. Like Joe Flacco might be QB two right now. So. You know, there's there's a lot of you know swinging doors going on right there, and, and I I agree with you 100. And Kenny, I'm gonna take what you just said, and that's gonna lead me into my next one. Not so much on the side of the Jets, um, maybe a little bit, but also the Bears. Um, this over under number is set extremely low, 80, 38 and a half. Um, I know the Jets defense has been really really good this year. Don't get me wrong, but dude, I don't know if this Bears team is something that teams can game plan for. Like a guy like Justin Fields running the ball over the field. And it, it almost seems like it's an unstoppable force of offense that we see with Justin Fields. Like he, he's not he, – this is different than Lamar Jackson. Justin Fields is a guy that will take contact and keep churning his legs and keep moving. Like where Lamar, you kind of – you know, you get him to dance around a little bit until somebody gets to him. Justin Fields is going to go upfield and, and, you know, make a play downfield. Like that, that's what he does. And their defense is terrible. So if there's going to be a game that Mike Wright can possibly put some points on the board, this is going to be the game – Man, expect more than 38 and a half points. And this is something that, you know, kind of goes against kind of goes against the bread right here. We like to we like to, you know, bet unders whenever the number seems low. I can't do it in this game, man. Give me the over no. 38 and a half. No, you're I like that. I like that. That's a kind of a similar perspective to me <laughs> on my over because I'm taking the over 39 and a half uh Steelers Colts game. I like um, it. I like that a lot, man. And, and you look at the trends. It was kind of perplexing to me to see this number so low because 39.5 for this Steelers team, that's gone over in seven of ten games this season. Um, and the biggest difference now than earlier in the season is Kenny Pickett's figured out how to play football. Yes. Um, the past couple of weeks he has been outstanding. He's, he's looked really, really good the past couple of weeks. They get a big win, a 10-point win over the Saints, and then a seven-point loss against the Bengals in a 37-30 super high-scoring game. Um, Kenny Pickett has kind of figured it out. He's spreading the ball around. He's getting the ball to his playmakers. He's making really good throws. His pocket presence is nuts. You see the little breakdown of Dan Orlovsky talking about it on Twitter, um, just breaking down the film and talking about him stepping up in the pocket, getting absolutely blasted and throwing a seed to George Pickens in the end zone. Like, Kenny Pickett has figured out how to play football on the Steelers side of things and on the Colts side of things, man. This Colts team has been playing really good football here lately. Um, you got the whole Frank Wright situation, bringing in Jeff Saturday. 
it was kind of a, a questionable decision in a lot of people's opinion. Um, but Jeff Saturday comes in here and gets a big win against the Raiders in a 25-20 game, and then a heartbreaking loss against the Eagles last week, a game that they were up almost the entire game. Um, the Colts are playing really good football, and I, I think you know Matt Ryan back in the fold out there playing playing his game. We know Matt Ryan. We're Falcons fans. We've seen this guy play for a long time. I know he's not what he used to be, but he's a guy that can go out there and win you a football game. Um, these defenses are pretty good. I mean, you look at them head to head. They average they. The Steelers allow 24.5 points per game. The uh, Colts only allow 20. So the defenses are solid, but this is the NFL. Teams are going to score points. Teams are going to figure it out. And I think this is just a really, really good opportunity for both of these teams to come out there and and move the football down the field. So the over 39.5, I'm on that for sure. Yeah, this is a big game for me where I look at Matt Ryan and I look at a Pittsburgh defense that is not very good against the pass. They allowed a lot of passing yards a game this year. And I see you know, a veteran quarterback stepping up and and having the ability to put up a lot of points in this game. Now, you know, this Colts offense has not been super high scoring, but we take that with a little bit of grain of salt because they did go through a couple weeks right there where they were starting, uh, who were they starting? Sam Ellinger at quarterback. Um, and that, that kind of, yeah. kill, that kills numbers a little bit whenever you go, you know, through a little bit of a spam where your offense is completely dead. And we've seen guys like Jonathan Taylor kind of come back alive. Obviously Matt Ryan's back in the fold with Andy right now. And they've been playing a lot better football since Saturday got there. So props to them. And you mentioned it with the Steelers and Kenny Pickett, man. He, he, he's starting to figure out how to play. They've been putting up some points in the last couple of outings. Um, definitely expect this to go over that 39 number, man. These two teams have been, you know, rolling a lot better than a 39 point, you know, over under. No, yeah, but absolutely. And a similar number to this is a little bit higher, but on my under side of things to round out my NFL picks, I've got the under 42 and a half Patriots Vikings Thanksgiving game. Um, Dude, I love this pick. I really do. We talk about this Patriots defense. I believe they're leading the league in total defense right now. They're only allowing 16.9 points per game against the Vikings offense that can move the football. Um, this Vikings team has been notorious for playing a really, really close game throughout the season. But one kind of difference in this Patriots matchup is that the Patriots just play good defense and don't play very much offense. They struggle to move the ball, and the, the times that they do move the ball is moving the football on the ground. They rush for 115 yards a game. They only throw for 220 against the Vikings defense. That, for the most part, does a really good job of limiting the run. Their biggest weakness is through the air, and I just don't think this Patriots defense has the juice to, to move the ball through the air against this Vikings team. We talk about Pat Pete, Patrick Peterson kind of revitalizing his career out there in Minnesota, playing really good football. Uh, Justin Jefferson looking like you know potentially the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. Um, Vikings team looks really, really good. Sitting at eight and two right now, there you know should be a lock to win that division and make the playoffs. People are talking about them making a run for the NFC. Could be the team to beat. You know, you talk about them or the Eagles, whatever. Um, so I, I like this game a lot for multiple reasons. But one of the things that I think we're going to see in this one is just kind of a knockdown drag out between these two guys um, or between these two teams. A lot of injuries in this game too. Um, Isaiah Wynn, tackle for the Patriots, who's been really, really solid in the NFL, is out in this game. Um, another offensive lineman, David Andrews, and um, uh, another starting tackle, both questionable in this game. Uh, Devontae Parker and Marcus Jones, wide receiver, cornerback, both questionable in this game too. Um, and then a lot of injuries for the Vikings, more on the defensive side of the football. Um, that Vikings offense is still out there. So um, that's one thing. But, you know, this Vikings team, they're, they're scoring under 23 points a game, even though they do move the football a little bit. But one thing, like I just mentioned, they play close games, and if you're going to play a close game against the New England Patriots, it's probably going to be a low-scoring close game. Yeah, definitely. I I agree 100%. And 
you know, my under, I, I'm kind of going a little bit opposite way. I'm going to a, a, a spread that I think has way too many points right here. Uh, this is going to be Dolphins versus Texans. Uh, under 47, just to give you all a little bit of pretext. Um, this is a game that's really, really weird to me because we talk about the Texans being, you know, probably the worst team in the NFL. And, you know, Dolphins team, it is definitely, you know, pretty solid. But I look at how these defenses match up. The main reason the Texans have such a bad defense is because they allow damn near 200 rushing yards per game. But if I told you that they have a top 10 passing defense in football, would anybody ever believe me? And we talk about a Miami team that loves to throw the football around the yard and does not run the ball very much at all. And then I go to the other side of the field and I look at the Dolphins rushing defense. The, the Dolphins have, you know, a top 12 rushing defense in football. And we look at the Texans, they're damn near their only option on offense is Damian Pierce. So <laughs> this is a game where the matchups kind of line up a little bit. And 47, 47 points is a lot, a lot, a lot of points in the NFL. And I just don't see it hitting that number, man. I, I see it staying well below 47. Especially in another game where the starting quarterback gets benched. Kyle Allen making his, Kyle first, Allen, yep. uh, making his first start of the year in this game. I do I, I do like the move to Kyle Allen. I, I do think it was it was the right move to, you know, the, the Dougie Mills train is done. You know, going into this season, I would say that he was probably the second best, you know, quarterback in football last year. This year, he he might have been the worst quarterback in the NFL. So I said college football earlier. My bad. NFL, but uh, I think he he might be the worst quarterback in the NFL. So you know, good move. Let's let's see what Kyle Allen got. He's a guy that's had some success in the past. Well, I think that just about wraps it up. That wraps it up. Can we made it to fifty minutes? All right. Yeah, it's pretty good, man. Uh, a little bit shorter episode than usual this week. Not too much going on, but you know, Thanksgiving week, man. Uh, a, a great great time to sit down with your family and friends, watch some football, eat some really good food. So. Thank y'all so much for tuning into the show this week, man. Hopefully we can keep the thing keep the keep the train rolling with these bets. Jake will stay hot. Hopefully you can drag me along with him, boost me up a little bit. We'll come out here and keep winning some money for you boys. So 18 units up at the moment. Hop on here with us, man. Follow us. Make sure you're you're tuning in on, on the podcast side of things and the YouTube side of things because we're we're out here winning some money and giving out some pretty good picks. So if y'all can, man, just get in here, interact with us, uh, give us some feedback, let us know what we can do to make the show better. Share it, man. You know, share it to your family and friends if they like football, if they like college ball, NFL ball, if they like to talk dogs, whatever. If they're Southeast fans, Georgia fans, whatever. Get them in here. Let's get some discussions going. And yeah, I, one thing about this show is we might be super, super biased and leaning towards UGA or to the Falcons or the Braves or you know any way you want to cut it when you talk about our home teams. But one thing above all, we love making money. Yes, we love so, making money. So, man, thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, be sure to check us out. Uh, next week, we'll be back in here giving out some more picks ahead of a uh, conference championship week in college football. And things will get a little bit more moving in the sports world. Um, and, yeah, y'all enjoy your Thanksgiving, and uh, it, it's been a good one. Jake, you got anything? Just happy Thanksgiving. Thank you all so much. See you all next time. All right.